Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here, and you're listening to the CFI podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. What comes to mind when I first say aviation etiquette? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to our CFI, the Certificated Flight Instructor Podcast. This podcast, of course, brought to you by our CFI Partner Referral Program, where we literally pay you guys for referring and sending your students to our ground school and to our books. We pay you a commission every time one of your students becomes an online ground school member of ours or buys one of our books. You're able to have your own login portal to see how your students are doing. Are they actually prepping for the written test? How are they doing on their practice quizzes? Did they do the homework that you assigned to them? Well, you can see all that. And the best part, we cut you a check every time your student purchases something from M0A.com. If that's something that interests you or you simply just want to learn more about it, email Scott, S-C-O-T-T at M0A.com, M-Z-E-R-O-A.com, the spelled out version. Scott at M0A.com. Scott is our director of sales and marketing. He also heads up that CFI partner referral program and he will uh, be your uh, your guide through that process getting you set up answer any questions you have and kind of walk you through that system scott at m0a.com let's before we get into aviation etiquette I shared a few podcasts ago about one of the best teaching methods is to learn and to teach through stories. I encourage you and I challenge you as CFIs, go back and find our private pilot and our instrument pilot podcast, some of the recent episodes, and check some of those out. I share a lot of great stories from my own experience. Plus, I'd love for you to know what I'm teaching your private and your instrument pilots out there. It's part of the ground school, too. I want you to be on page with what we're teaching. So we're all teaching the exact same thing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing with that. But go back and maybe listen to some of those examples because you don't have to use my stories. I know you have your own stories. But it's a great way to see the power of teaching through stories like we spoke about a few podcasts ago. Let's switch gears now to our topic of aviation etiquette. What does aviation etiquette mean to me, the CFI, and what does it mean for me to instill on my students? Well, aviation etiquette, at the surface, we could say, okay, it means setting a great example for my students. And listen, I know you're a great CFI. How do I know that? Well, you took the time and are currently taking the time to listen to this CFI podcast. You're you're 1% of the CFI population. I assure you of that. But you're a great CFI because you set a great example for your students. And setting a great example isn't just in the cockpit. It's on things when you think nobody is looking. You know, there really is, I would argue, there's no such thing 
as aviation etiquette. There's just etiquette. And etiquette is doing the right thing, whether it's in business, whether it's in aviation, whether it's in school, it doesn't matter. There is no aviation etiquette. There's just etiquette. And etiquette is doing the right thing, like set an example on my pre-flight inspection. And I know you've done a million pre-flight inspections. But it'd be just your luck on the one you kind of rush, the checklist isn't in your hand, you kind of just walk around the airplane real fast, hardly even double check the fuel that a potential student pilot, or even worse, a student of yours, is looking out the FBO window or sitting in their car in the parking lot just happens to be there watching airplanes take off and land that day and they see you set this poor example of rushing a pre-flight or they catch you maybe cutting some corners or worse, you do it with them in the cockpit. There is no room in aviation to not have etiquette of setting that proper example. I, give, I share with you like pre-flight, not cutting corners, those, those sort of things. But aviation etiquette and etiquette in general goes beyond that. Think, let's use the example of a proper traffic pattern. And because here's a situation we've all been presented with. You are flying into an uncontrolled pilot-controlled airport. You could make a beautiful straight-in landing right now for runway 23, about five miles out. You could make that great straight into 23. There's nowhere in the rules and regulations that it says you can't do that. The aim suggests you don't do that. It's not a, a hard, fast rule. It suggests you fly the appropriate 45 to left down and enter that way. But there's two other people in the traffic pattern, and you've got a student pilot with you. And the student pilot says, oh, I'll just make a straight in for two, three. And you say, well, yeah, that would get us down the ground sooner, but that's not the right thing to do. And you know what? Even if these two other people weren't in the pattern, even if it was just you and I and not another soul out of this airport, the proper way to enter the traffic pattern is a 45 to left downwind and make all my radio calls all the way around because that's its left traffic at this airport. Doing the right thing sometimes when no one's looking. When you could make that beautiful straight in. It involves not cutting people off in the traffic pattern. I imagine you've been a flight instructor long enough. You've been a pilot long enough. I, I guarantee you've been cut off by somebody in the traffic pattern. And sometimes you want to really lay into them and you can't. I'm a huge fan of what my, my good friend Rod Machado calls defensive flying. I'm all about defensive flying to some extent. I'm not a fan of arguments over the radio, and I've heard pilots argue with controllers. I've heard controllers argue with pilots. I've heard pilots argue with other pilots. I've heard it all before. I'm not a big fan of it. Now, there is a time when some defensive flying needs to happen and some radio calls need to be said. I'll give you an example. A good friend of mine who I was teaching to fly was on his first solo. 
When I do a solo, I'm very active in a solo. We do it at a little uncontrolled airport where they're very friendly. They literally let me stand on the side of the runway with my handheld radio and watch. You could never in a million years do that at some of these towered airports nowadays. They'd cart you away in handcuffs if you tried to do that. But I'm a very hands-on CFI. I want to I be there with you, man. You know what I mean? So we go to this little airport. It's called Donnell in Marion County. X-ray 35 is the identifier. And that's where I solo any students that I, that I have for that time being. And I'm on the side of the runway. My student, his name is Rodney. Rodney takes off, makes a beautiful takeoff. I'm just standing at about the thousand foot marks because you and I both know that when a student solos, you can remind them all day about, hey, I weigh 200 pounds. I'm getting out of this airplane. You're going to float more than you expect. And they say, okay, I remember. They're so excited. They never remember. And they always float way further than they say they are when you lose that 150, 200 pounds in the cockpit. So I usually stand about the thousand foot marks knowing that that's I'll get some good pictures that I can text them later so they can share it with their friends and share the good the good news of aviation. So I'm about the thousand foot marks, makes a beautiful takeoff, great crosswind turn, makes a beautiful radio call. He's on down when everything looks good. All of a sudden, he gets about a beam the numbers, and I hear him turn the carp heat on, bring the power back. You can hear the, the descent and RPMs as he's getting ready to start his actual descent. And out of blue, out of the blue, this is a left traffic airport, a Cirrus calls up and says he's on a two-mile right base for runway 23. The same runway Rodney's soloing on. This gentleman didn't make a single radio call until he was two miles out. I have a problem, even if you're doing everything correct, if you don't make a call until two miles, let alone if you're going to do everything incorrect. Now, he was doing nothing illegal. The aim just suggests 45 to left downwind. He calls up a two-mile right base. And I'm thinking, this is interesting. So Rodney just is doing his thing because that's some of my advice. Say, Rodney, fly your pattern, do your thing. This is all this is you right now, man. So he takes that advice and he does his thing. He turns the car heat on, brings the power back to about 17, 1600 RPM, starts the descent, 10 degrees of flaps. Next thing you know. Rodney goes and turns his base. He, I'm sure he heard the Cirrus on our two-mile right base, but he's doing his thing. He turns left base. And all of a sudden, the Cirrus pilot comes up on the radio and goes, maybe you didn't hear me, Cessna. I'm a Cirrus, and I'm on the right base right now. Literally like that, I'm a Cirrus. <laughs> like, like it was a status symbol or something like that. I thought... Well, this is interesting. So Rodney gets all, and you know how anxious students are on their solos already. He goes and he extends his downwind way on out because the Cirrus pilot just reprimanded him. And, and the Cirrus guy comes in. And of course, I have a handheld radio. And maybe it wasn't the best aviation etiquette sometimes. You'll never hear me say a foul word. But I got on that radio and I said, excuse me, Cirrus pilot. But that's my student pilot on his first solo that you just cut off by making a right traffic pattern. It's left traffic here. If you'd like to land and make a, make a full stop, I'd be more than happy to chat about it with you. But you just cut a student pilot off. And I made sure he knew it. He clicked the mic as if he was too good to talk back. Sure enough, I guarantee he was coming in to do a full stop to grab gas because gas is so cheap there. 
he did a touch and go and, and proceed on off to the north, probably go to another airport to get fuel because he wasn't about to stop because I'm sure he didn't want to have a chat with me about it. The best part is, you know how here at M0A.com, we're always rolling with cameras. And of course, all that was captured. I didn't want to embarrass the guy, so it's certainly never made it public. Um, but it's a story um, to tell because aviation etiquette takes two. He didn't have a lot of aviation etiquette cutting off not only a student pilot, but just anybody in the traffic pattern. It took a little aviation etiquette or just etiquette on my part to keep my cool and not write down his tail number and track him down and everything else. Because that's not always right. We as pilots have to be a little bit, uh, uh, I don't want to say more righteous than others, but we have a code of ethics that we need to follow. That guy didn't follow it, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't follow it as well. It's aviation etiquette. Really, it's just etiquette. It's doing the right thing when you think nobody is watching. It's flying the, the right traffic pattern. It's setting the example for not only you, but your student pilots, other student pilots, and future student pilots. Someone is always watching. You're a flight instructor. You have to always be on. You're not allowed to have a bad day. Someone's always watching. And if you have that bad day and someone catches you on that bad day, that's how they're going to remember you. In aviation, there is no aviation etiquette. There is just etiquette. Do the right thing when no one else you think is watching. You're a great CFI. Again, I know that because you're listening to the CFI podcast. I hope you would consider sending your students our way. And we reciprocate that as well. When I have an online ground school member who signs up and says, geez, Jason, I'm in the Michigan area. I'm really looking for a CFI. I'd like to say, hey, listen, I got this great guy, Kyle, in your area. You need to go check him out and vice versa. When you have a student who says, I need a ground school, or you want to send them to a ground school, I hope you'll send them our way. And we'll pay you to do that as well, on top of sending you students as they come in. Email Scott. Talk to Scott more about it. He's our director of sales and marketing in charge of our CFI referral program. Scott at M0A.com. S-C-O-T-T at M-Z-E-R-O-A.com. Listen. Thanks so much for all you guys do. Not only for myself, my beautiful wife, our gorgeous daughter, this great team here at M0A.com. Thank you for what you do for aviation. It takes great flight instructors like yourself to keep aviation growing. And if any time you see things like pilot shortage, and really I think there's more of a pay shortage than there is a pilot shortage sometimes, but we need more pilots, and it starts with you. It starts with you being a great flight instructor to create other great flight instructors, and I applaud you, and I thank you for that. Please take the time to share our other great podcasts, Private Pilot, Instrument Pilot, Commercial Pilot Podcasts, Inspire Aviation Podcast, with your inspiring, aspiring pilots out there. They can find those just by searching M0A in the podcast, in the iTunes store and directory. Guys, enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.